Welcome back, everyone. I'm Sindhu, and you're listening to Hidden Health. This episode of Hidden Health Shorts is going to be about a field of study called reproductive teratology. Now, before we begin, I do want to clarify that I have no professional background in teratology and that I am simply hoping to share information as I have learned and gathered it. That being said, I sincerely call upon anyone who can correct or improve the content I'm sharing today or any of our content in general by reaching out to us on our platform so that we can better educate ourselves and make any necessary adjustments. Our goal is to always provide informed content, and we would love your help and support in ensuring that we do so. All right, let's dive into our topic and begin with a few definitions for some of the terminology that we'll be talking about today. First up, we have the word congenital, and this translates to present at birth. So for our purposes, this will involve any conditions that are present at birth, and may have developed before birth. The word developmental is sometimes used interchangeably with congenital, but both are referring to occurring around the time of birth and persisting and possibly having origins during what is called the intrauterine or fetal period of pregnancy. The fetal period is the third and final phase of prenatal development from about the ninth week of pregnancy until birth and a typical pregnancy has a duration of about 40 weeks. So as I will be discussing today, this period of time is where you see growth and development of structures and systems within the fetus. The last few terms I want to define are anomaly and embryolethality. Congenital and developmental anomalies from a medical standpoint refer to conditions defined by any observed differences from what may be considered typical development. And embryolethality is the death of an embryo prior to birth. So now that we've defined some of our terms, what is teratology? Well, teratology comes from the word teratogen. And teratogens are substances that can cause or increase the risk for anomalies or malformations in a developing embryo or fetus. So teratology then is essentially the study of congenital anomalies and malformations. And we'll be looking at some of the origins of these anomalies and structural and functional birth defects and how the role of pregnancy can come to interact with all of this. Common examples of teratogens include radiation, environmental chemicals, drugs, especially category D or X drugs, bacterial or viral infections, alcohol, hyperthermia or mechanical injury, and smoking. It is important to note, though, that the maternal genetic background and characteristics such as age, race, and parity all come to influence the nature of the conditions that can arise from exposure to any teratogens. And in general, developmental anomalies can be caused by a multitude of factors, including genetic, environmental, or a combination of the two. Trisomy 21, also known as Down syndrome, 
occurs when you have an extra copy of chromosome 21. And so this is an example of a genetic origin. But developmental anomalies can also be derived from the maternal or the mother's environment. This can occur with the presence of infection, such as syphilis or HIV, or conditions that the mother may have had, such as thyroid disorder or diabetes. The risk can also increase with exposure to certain drugs, such as tobacco or marijuana, as well as therapeutic agents, such as thalidomide. And this is a case that I will be talking about a little bit later. And finally, any exposure to harmful chemicals or heavy metals can also be a cause for congenital conditions. A dose-response relationship is a way to measure how increased levels of exposure to a teratogen can affect the risk of an outcome. And in this case, some of the outcomes can include embryo lethality, structural malformations, and developmental or functional conditions. It's also important to recognize that the timing of exposure can play a critical role in the nature and severity of a congenital anomaly. It's been observed that exposure to teratogens earlier on in pregnancy can yield more severe anomalies and even prenatal death, while exposure later on in pregnancy may cause less severe complications that might affect function instead of structure. As I mentioned before, thalidomide is a historical example of a therapeutic agent that led to tragic outcomes. Thalidomide was synthesized and prescribed in England in the 1950s as an anti-nausea drug. However, it ended up causing many adverse pregnancy and birth complications, including issues with the heart and circulatory system, anomalies in the genital tract, psychological conditions, and apparently in all cases, phocomelia, where the upper and or lower limbs or absent or have malformations. Even though the devastating effects were recognized early on and the US FDA prohibited distribution of the drug in the United States, there were still countless children affected. But we can also see examples of action that has been taken since. Folic acid, synthesized from folate, is a B vitamin that has been shown to help prevent certain neural tube defects. And in the late 1990s, the FDA mandated the fortification of folic acid into enriched grain products, such as cereals and breads. The CDC records about a 35% decrease in the presence of neural tube defects since this fortification amongst babies born each year in the United States. And strengthening education and prevention efforts can certainly continue to bring about improvements. This brings us to the end of our episode today, a short and brief overview of some topics in teratology. Sources, as always, can be found in the episode's description, and there are tons of great sources with lots of credible information out there for those of you interested in learning more. And with that, stay tuned for next time, and I wish all of you a Happy New Year.